You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Michael Pevia. As always, joined by me is Destin Adams for this show. Rashad McGinnis will not be joining us uh, today right now. Just some things he's got to take care of, but we're always hoping the best for him. Nothing bad or anything, guys. Tr- trust me, nothing bad. He's still, you know, trying to recover from this hangover he had from this weekend. So, Destin, uh, how are you, man? The, the NFL season is finally at its end. Uh, we are recording this, I guess you could say, a couple of days late, later or whatever the case may be. But uh, Super Bowl, Rams finally getting that chip. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Sean McVay. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know about you, but it felt really good to watch a Super Bowl with just zero hate to either team, any player. There was no negative thing that could come from either team winning. So I got to just sit back and just enjoy a football game. Um, and it was a good one. I feel like it had a really good balance of explosive offensive plays. Um, I think both defenses had pretty great days overall. Um, Cincinnati um, kept the game close, closer than I thought they would. I think they came out and just had a wild run. It just kind of ran short. Um, the offensive line ended up not being able to hold up in the big moments. But, I mean, even though they had seven – they allowed seven sacks – I felt like for the most part, they, they the offensive line played pretty well against the Rams defensive line. Um, I know it was seven sacks again, but I mean, I, I believe four of those seven all came on two possessions. Um, so, I mean, that's I think in the last two drives. I mean, obviously, there was the last play that doesn't count as a sack. I mean, he gets the ball out, but I mean, I, I don't know if there was a human being that was going to stop Aaron Donald on that play. Oh, man, dude. I- I'm with you. 
the Super Bowl felt fresh. It felt new. There's no, you know, same old, same old. There's no Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, no Patrick Mahomes. We got new blood, fresh blood, fan bases that aren't all that arrogant, that aren't that petty, that aren't, you know, haven't, you know, um, haven't seen much success. But you saw them on, on two stages and Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow. And like you said, the Bengals kept it closer than than what I thought they would. Uh, the officiating, officiating in this game was so bad. It was so, so bad. I mean, even the at least ball- it was at least it was like a so bad, though, where it was like for the most part, it was letting them play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I, I hate when refs are so bad because the yellow flags are just like crowding the field uh-huh. the entire game. I mean, this one just felt like they swallowed the whistle um, until the final like four minutes. Um, obviously, there were some there were some hilarious no calls. Um, yes. T Higgins WWE RKO'd Jalen Ramsey with his face mask. Man, just came out of yes. nowhere. Um, Watching that play live, I was like, oh, my gosh, how do you not call that? And then they show the zoomed-in replay where he just tosses him by the face mask. And I'm, yep. I, I'd am i be lying if I wasn't laughing a little bit. I, I, I'd be lying. Dude, I mean, I, I can't stop thinking about that Logan Wilson pass interference. I, like, how is Technically, that? Technically, they called holding. Technically, they called holding on Wilson. He didn't even hold him. He didn't even grab him. Like so, that is text so technic- linebacker coverage in the red zone. So technically, by the rule of holding, Logan Wilson did hold. Now, the thing that I thought was a little bit weird was of all the things they didn't call the entire game, that that was called. Now, the Eli Apple pass interference on the next player, the play after, was maybe the easiest pass interference to ever call in football. Um, tackled Cooper Cup before the ball was there, had the hold of his arm before the ball was there, um, just made it easy. The Logan Wilson one was very debatable just because of how they had been calling the game to that point. Um, but I think it was holding him. Mean, he does grab him around the hip. He does make the motion. He technically causes he him grabs. to slow down. I, I can't – I don't it's see – quick. When I go by, I don't see any jersey tug. I don't see pant tug. I don't see shirt tug. I don't see any of that. I see just simple breakdown, let the guy make his decision, and then you follow. That That's textbook linebacker breakdown. I mean, I can't get – I was so heated, bro. These aren't even my teams, and I got heated at that call. Like I do think he had a phenomenal game. I mean, even he if did. people Logan are upset Wilson about that call – like I, I think he had just a phenomenal day. I mean, I can't. Yes. I saw him all day just make like drop my jaw type plays. Like and then was finding holes was finding the guy. I loved it. I loved his day. Dude, Eli Apple sucks. <laughs> he, he has the worst awareness I've ever seen in the Super Bowl, dude. The final drive, everything is going to Cooper Cup, and you get inside the ten. You're right there. On the short end of the field, the short side of the field, you got doubles over there with Cooper Cup on the outside. Where do you think Cooper Cup is going, dude? He's going to the pylon. He's going to the sideline. Cooper Cup isn't daring going over the middle. You're not going to go over the middle with all those linebackers. You're going to take the one-on-one matchup and go to the pylon, go to the sideline. How are you not expecting that? 
as soon as I saw the formation, I can't remember which one, which one it was, but I know there was two receivers outside. Clearly the, clearly the inside receiver is designed to take the second corner, the slot corner or safety. I think it was the corner away. That way you just have lone one-on-one coverage on the outside and you're in and you're have such poor technique. Where else is Cooper cup going? He's going to the sideline. He's going to the pylon and you're not expecting that. Like, I think everybody in their mama was expecting a throw to the sideline. Personally, I just don't see why the Cincinnati DC um, didn't have a second person on cup in that situation anyway. Um, I mean, there's going to be double teams in the goal line just because of how jumped up, like jumbled up you are. Um, I would have another guy over there um, a little bit farther back. If you want Eli Apple playing at the line of scrimmage, having Jesse Bates, playing uh, the middle of the end zone, basically just forcing Stafford to throw it somewhere else. I mean, which is what they did all day. They, they've, they took away Cooper cut for the majority of the game. They just couldn't do it when in the game mattered most. Um, and I would love to say it's all right. Cause the Bengals will be back again, but man, the AFC is tough as hell. Um, I just don't know if I can hundred percent say they'll be back. Um, they're going to be a fun team. They're going to be a team that makes noise for a while, but I don't even know if I'd put money down that they win their division next year, let alone if they're going to be coming out of the AFC next year. Yep. Trey Lance is going to be the guy in San Francisco. Now they're, they're thinking about keeping that team together. Um, Seattle, what are they going to do? Are they going to try and build around Wilson again, Kyler, Arizona, what's going on with them? Well, those are all the NFC. Huh? Well, those are all the NFC. Yeah, they're all in their division, in, in the Rams' division. Well, I was talking about the Bengals. The Bengals, yes, because I feel like it kind of flipped. In recent years, we saw the NFC as more parity in the playoffs as to where the AFC, you had some underdogs, but you kind of already knew who was going to come out. Um, you know, like in the past, the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, uh, I don't even – who else? I mean, I can't think of them right now, but – now, this year, Matthew Stafford. I mean, I honestly, for a real second, I thought the Bengals were going to win the Super Bowl. But that final drive, you know, nothing is working for them. They're not hitting on their throws. A couple of missed throws by Stafford. A couple of miscommunication between him and his receivers, although he didn't have Higby. He didn't have uh, Woods. Odell Beckham got hurt in the, what was it, the first, second quarter. And... It was just cup, cup. Bryson Hopkins stepped up. So that final drive, you're down, what, 20 to 16, and everything is on the line. Things have not been going well for you. Offensive line hasn't stood up a little bit. Your run game is going nowhere. You averaged one, what was it, 1.7 yards per carry in the Super Bowl? And when everything was on the line, sorry if that notification came across and you heard it, guys. I think uh, that was the update that my Mavericks won. Yes, confirmed we're going to the NBA Finals. Um, so that final drive, everything is on the, on the line. And Matthew Stafford delivers. That's why you trade for guys. That is why you brought Matthew Stafford to L.A., and that kind of shifts the next segment in this show is what did these playoffs, these 2021-2022 playoffs, 
tell Chris Ballard and Frank Reich for the future. When I look at this roster, you're pretty average to below average at the three most important positions in football. Quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher. And you're not really good at either. The Rams had left tackle, had edge rush, didn't have quarterback for a while, finally got quarterback, Super Bowl champions. The Bengals had pass rush, had quarterback, got to the Super Bowl. Left tackle, uh, Jonah Williams, he's an okay player, but could have been a Super Bowl champion if you had offensive line, had a left tackle. I don't know if I'd say Jonah I, I, Williams was I, the reason they didn't win. No, I mean, uh, I don't even think I mean, he gave up a sack in the game. It was all mostly up the middle. Um, the interior is where they definitely have to improve. Yes, but. I think with – well, I'll, I'll let I'll let you uh, go. I mean, I just think the Colts had a lot to look at um, watching from the couch um, the entire playoffs. Um, when it came to the AFC, NFC championships, um, I thought that was a pretty good representation – of just what the Colts were missing. I mean, we saw multiple very talented defensive lines in those, in those conference championships. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, their defense underperformed in the playoffs um, and didn't play up to the standard they kind of got to near the end of the year, but they had a very good pass rush. Um, the secondary needs to be fixed a little bit in Kansas City, but the pass rush is there. Cincinnati, I mean – the best part of that defense was their pass rush. San Francisco, great defensive line. The Rams, great defensive line. Like, I just feel like having those people there, it's major. And then you go look at the Niners because people are going to say, hey, they didn't have an elite quarterback. Of the four teams that were in the conference championship, the Niners were the only one, in my opinion, that does not have an elite or up-and-coming quarterback playing in the conference championship games. I mean, you look do, you at, even, do you even consider Jimmy G a top 20 quarterback? We'd have to make a list right now. In my right. head, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I do not feel confident enough to say it for sure. Like I definitely don't. Like, I definitely don't think I could say hundred percent right now, um, but looking at Jimmy G. So like the Colts are looking at the Niners um, who didn't have an elite quarterback there. What did they have to do for that quarterback to have a chance? They had a defense that was swarming the entire playoffs. The Niners defense was probably the best performance-wise defense in the entire playoffs this year on both sides, AFC, NFC. That job against Aaron Rodgers in the divisional playoffs took the cake for me. It was was incredible. And there was some weather um, going on there, and obviously they had some weather in San Francisco. But, I mean, they were playing in the cold in Lambeau which people think is the mecca of football stadiums with Aaron Rodgers, the number one seed and just dominated the game. Put the, put the team in position to do it against the Rams. They had, they had the lead for the majority of the game, and the defense was the main reason in my opinion. But what did the Niners do to give Jimmy G what he needed? I mean, the weapons, just undeniable. Debo Samuel was a weapon this year. They was so good, they found ways to make him a running back, even handing him the ball out of the backfield because they just wanted to get Debo the ball. George Kittle, amazing playoffs, even after having just a lackluster regular season, turned it on in the playoffs. Jimmy G ends up not being good enough to make the play when needed, and they fall short. You look at every other team that 
is not it's not even compar- com- comparable quarterback wise. Burrow and Mahomes, elite Mahomes, probably the best of the young talented guys in the NFL. Josh Allen's probably the closest. Who's who was in this round prior? Um, who for if it wasn't for a coin toss, was probably playing in that game. Joe Burrow playing in over there in Cincinnati had an up and down playoff, but I mean, the kid, the kids got it. Like whatever it is that you need as a quarterback in the NFL, the kids got it. It's just interesting. Cause like I said earlier, the AFC is deep. It's crazy. Just looking at quarterbacks in the AFC alone, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, those were all in the playoffs. Justin Herbert wasn't in the playoffs, but he's also in the AFC. There's a lot of – Lamar Jackson, before his injury and the Ravens just got trampled with injuries, Lamar Jackson was having his best year as a passer to date. We saw – if you're a Colts fan, you saw it firsthand yeah. at Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's young, upcoming in the AFC. The AFC is not getting any easier. It's, it's not going away. These guys are going to be here for the next decade plus. It's uh, the Colts have to find a way to get somebody worth putting in that conversation. They just, they just have to. I, I, I definitely hear everything you said, but the biggest thing that I feel like if I was Ballard and I watched these playoff games, which of course I'm pretty sure we all watched all of them. I'm just sitting there thinking like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I sat in front of the media and told people Zach Pascal's great player. I mentioned Desmond Patman. I mentioned Mike Strawn as guys who are going to be players for us. That, that can be a hope. But you just can't bank on that. I'm over here getting, you know, I, I'm investing into the defensive line. Not a lot has worked out. Only like what one draft pick has worked out, and that was Grover Stewart. Everyone else, and of course, Quiddy and Dial, they're rookies, so we'll see how they come along. But what's going on? And then offensive line, maybe are you investing too much? Well, that's Ballard's biggest thing. You went in the trenches, and he's showing it. You invest in the defensive line and draft picks, invest in the offensive line, draft picks, extensions, money. But w- w- what is his philosophy? And I feel like Right now, if I was Ursa, or even if I was Frank Ballard, I, I, I or Frank Ballard, Frank Reich, <laughs> I go to Chris and I just say, look, man, we got to change some things. We got to change some approaches. We talk about how players should adapt. Players should develop. Coaches should adapt. Coaches should develop. Where's your adapting? Where's your developing? This is your first GM job. You don't, you don't have everything figured out. Where's your development? Development would be getting aggressive in free agency, getting a, like getting aggressive into weapons, not just saying Zach Pascal, Desmond Patton, Mike Strong. Yeah, they're good players. You know, they played some scrubs in training camps. All, you know, thought we could do, thought they can do that against Jalen Ramsey's of the world for some odd reason. Yeah. I, I just don't know how you watch these playoffs and say, 
yeah, I think my current plan right now is still working. It's not. Contrary to what we believe, it's not. The three biggest positions in football are your three glaring weaknesses, and it's what failed you in the 2021 season. No pass rush to get after Lamar Jackson, to get after Tom Brady, to get after Derek Carr, to get after Trevor Lawrence in the biggest games. No pass protection. Braden Smith had an up-and-down year. We know Eric Fisher was not good at all in pass protection. I don't want to hear anything about the run defense. Left tackle is supposed to protect the blind side of the quarterback, and that's what Eric Fisher did not do. Carson Wentz had an up-and-down year, and the second half of the season was more down than up. Of course, we had the great throw, the clutch throw against Arizona. Great fourth quarter, great final drive, hitting a few uh, throws. But hiccups against the Raiders, the Jaguars, not doing anything against the Patriots. I mean, how can we sit here and say, yeah, let me bring Eric Fisher back. Man, I, I, I need Zach Pascal in my room next year, man. I need Desmond Patman and Mike Strong to be my three and four next year. What are we doing? You got to be able to change it. I mean, look at the Rams. They went all in. And do you think hoisting that Lombardi, they care about that? And guess what? They're still set up. Von Miller's still going to be there. Jalen Ramsey's still going to be there. Cooper Cup's still going to be there. Offensive line's still going to be there. Matthew Stafford's still going to be there. Got young stable of running backs. You got to do something. Of course, I'm always going to be sensitive and obviously give empathy about the quarterback situation. It's hard. But, man, figure it out in edge rush. You've had chances in prior free agency. You didn't do it. Left tackle, uh, you signed Anthony Costanzo to a two-year deal. Thought he could be there here the second year. He didn't. You went out and signed Eric Fisher? Okay. It didn't work out. Was not a good year. But then you came back up and said, oh, he's got a lot of good football left. I don't see it because he was slipping up even before the Achilles injury. I I, I just think this whole entire playoffs screamed and slapped in the face that y'all need to change Chris and maybe even Frank y'all need to adapt y'all need to change quarterback is a this is a quarterback driven league this isn't an offensive line driven league this isn't a number four playing a number two driven league it's not it's not even a three tech into Forrest Buckner driven league pass rush off the edge playmaking at quarterback Skill position players. That's what it comes down to in football. And we're not all there. I mean, I would say it's tough to put too much weight into personnel conversations Ballard's having media-wise right now. Um, So I'm not going to dig too deep on talking up Pascal. Pascal's a free agent. I mean – Pascal's a guy that Ballard is his love. Ballard's talked up. Even if they do bring him back to be a depth piece, he's not going to downplay him going into free agency. He's not going to sabotage a guy's market. These young guys, Patman, Strong, they're going to be here for training camp battles next year. He's not going to downplay their play to attempt to lower their morale for this training camp next year. 
it's a lot of business talk and those things. I mean, Ballard's always been more candid than most in those situations, but there's just got to be some professional conversations um, being had in those press conferences. So I'm not going to put too much weight into those. I'm just not yet. Now, if we go through free agency, we go through the draft and our number two receiver heading into next year projection wise is Zach Pascal. We'll have some conversations. We'll have a, uh, a little bit more fiery um, rated R podcast um, with words that'll be thrown around. Like that'll be the time that I'll kind of get more into. Is this guy serious? Because until I see that they didn't go out and improve those positions, I, I just won't believe it. And all of that is fair points. And I'm not even going to argue with you about that. You're, you're playing the sit and wait game. I'm playing the what I've heard, what I've seen, what's it, what am I connecting the dots here? I'm not even going to get mad at that, guys. Uh, we're we're, we're going to talk about the quarterback position today. Okay, we're going to talk about options. Uh, trade wise, maybe free agency, uh, the draft. We'll, we'll, we'll save draft talk a little bit later down the road. Right now, we're going to talk about, um, you know, continue on with the coaching staff hires going on with quarterback market, our own free agents, scanning the free agent market, got the combine coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I might talk about that a little bit, but today we're going to talk about quarterback, everyone's favorite, favorite subject, the quarterback Destin, And we got a list of options that we're going to talk about that we've written down. And of course we got to start with our current quarterback, Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, that we, we have these conversations a lot, Destin. We really do in, in the chat in the blue stable, uh, elite chat, uh, even with, with, with each other, when we're, when we, you and I and Rashad are just talking, we have these conversations a lot, but now it's time to release it to the people talking about Carson Wentz. Um, I, I go back and look at the Matthew Stafford trade. You know, there were two trades last year for Matthew Stafford and for Carson Wentz. One guy came up when you needed him the most and the other guy did it. I, I mean, that's just plain and simple. Granted, Matthew Stafford has Cooper Cup. We don't have a Cooper Cup. Got love from my guy Pittman. He's not covered Cooper Cup yet. Um, don't have an Aaron Donald. Don't have uh, edge rushers, a Von Miller, a Leonard Floyd, a Greg Gaines, a Sebastian Joseph Day, we don't have that. <laughs> we don't have a Jalen Ramsey. We don't have anything like that, but Matthew Stafford still made some incredible throws. He still moved the ball. He still made some plays, and I still cannot get over my head that I think Ballard is pissed off that he gave up set, uh, a third and a first-round draft pick for that kind of play that he received in Carson Wentz. So I'm, I'm going to let you open this up, Destin. Uh, it's going to be interesting, guys. This is going to be an interesting conversation. So, Destin, uh, let's start it off. I mean, I understand where most people are coming from on it. I guess where I differ from most people is I feel like there's a good chunk of our fan base that thinks if Carson is under center next year, that is the worst possible thing that could have happened this offseason, and that's an overreaction to me. That's just completely overreacting. Now, do I think he was good enough for the trade that happened last year? No. I think he fell short too often. Um, was there was there times this year that I think he flashed a little bit of his older self? I think he did. Do I think Carson's play this year is a play that gets you into the playoffs normally? I do think so. 
I do. I think he played good enough to get you to the playoffs. Now, what would have happened in the playoffs? Who knows? If you get into the dance, anything can happen. Teams go on crazy runs. We just watched the Bengals this year go on a crazy run. Um, I think, to me, it's already very evident that the way that the culture going about this offseason, that there is a realistic possibility that this is a one-done situation for Carson and that we're on a QB5 in five years um, for the Colts. But I just don't see a situation that it makes sense for the Colts to downgrade at quarterback just to get off wins. That is a situation that doesn't make sense to me personally when talking about Carson Wentz. If you can upgrade, you should go and do it. 150%, push the chips in, whatever the cost is, like make it happen. But if you can't, because there are realistic situations where the Colts look at better options but fall short, all accounts that have been reported, the Colts were in on Matthew Stafford. Chris Ballard said the Colts were in on Matthew Stafford. They had an offer. They were having conversations with the Lions. The Rams came in and blew the offer out of the water. Matthew Stafford was searching for homes in Indianapolis. That has been reported. That is not a part of the official statement from Chris Ballard. That has, but that been, has reported, been reported. Yes. But that has been reported. Matthew Stafford, there was a realistic possibility that he was a Colt last year. The Rams came in and said, screw that. We think he gets us a Super Bowl. They said, we don't care what it costs. I think that's the mindset the Colts kind of have to go in to get a guy if that's what they want to do trade-wise. Now, there are other options as well, but I, the only thing I want to say about the Carson front is if he is under center next year, I do not think that is the worst-case scenario. I do think if he's under center, it means they missed out on upgrades and they didn't want to roll with any of these free agents that are out there because, I'm just going to be honest, Carson Wentz is better than any free agent quarterback that's on the market this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Carson Wentz being our quarterback next year is not the worst possible. I mean, hell, we could go back to Jacoby Brissett. We can go to Jameis Winston. We can even go to Cam Newton, who I mentioned last offseason. Uh, we can, yeah, we can talk about all that. But when, when it comes to Carson, and this is something, this something is going on. Something, something is weird right now. I'm not sure if I'm just looking too deep into it. But there are a lot of smoke screens. There is a lot of smoke coming out of Indianapolis. We got Chris Mortensen, who is, who has, who is knowingly has ties to Indianapolis, comes out and says, it's likely that Carson is traded or released. And then you got Colin Coward coming out, who is knowingly good friends with Chris Ballard, hyping up Carson Wentz, not as a Colts quarterback, as another team's quarterback. He was talking about if Denver or Pittsburgh have a chance to go get Carson Wentz, you go get him. Is Chris Ballard asking Chris Colin Cowherd, hey, you know, drive up that trade interest? Is Jim Ursay telling Chris, hey, telling Chris, hey, we're we're, we're probably going to move on. When Destin says he doesn't, it doesn't make sense to get off Carson Wentz just to get off Carson Wentz. Here's my thing about it. I can understand to a certain extent you have to get off it just to get off of it to to this extent. How much of a problem is he? Is it just on the field or is it in the locker room? Is it in the film room? Is it how he carries himself? Is it how he handled adversity? Is it other things going on behind closed doors that we don't know about? 
How was he towards his team? And how was he in the huddle? Was he commanding in the huddle? Was he just a drama queen? Was he acting like a brat? Was he deflecting blame? Whatever the case may be, we don't know that. That's where I would say Chris Bow. I could see Chris Bow just saying, you know, what? I just need to get off this right now. I'll figure it out, but I just need to get off it. I, I could see from that angle, uh, holding back a sneeze right now, but it, it's all too going into the offseason, Destin. What do we say? It's the, it's like maybe what a 20% chance Carson Wentz is gone. I, I, I'm now at like it's a 70% chance Carson Wentz is gone. I don't hear anything positive coming out about Carson Wentz. Jonathan Taylor came out and talked about him, but that's just the kind of guy Jonathan Taylor is. He's not going to say a bad thing about it. And it still resonates. Let's let's hope we're cutting that out. Uh, (laughs) Let's hope that part's not making it into the show. Look, Uh, I mean, look, when it comes to Naheem Hines, Remember what he said at the day after they uh, lost to Jacksonville. Uh, when he was asked, where did it go wrong in the passing game? He said everything, you know, uh, when there was a play to be made, we didn't make it. When there was a play to be made, we didn't hit it. We didn't hit it. He's talking about Carson Wentz. Who else is going to hit a play? Who else is going to hit a pass? Carson Wentz. Chris Ballard comes out, doesn't back him up. Frank Wright comes out, doesn't back him up. I mean, there's so many signs that maybe this guy is just not wanted in Indianapolis. I don't know anything about what's going on behind closed doors. I'm just reading what everyone else is reading. I don't know. But I definitely see Carson Wentz being gone in in the next month. I, I, I just see it. I don't know if it was a personality issue, if it was just, he just would, he was too stubborn to coach Reich's coaching. I don't know. It seems that way to me, honestly. So with, with, with Carson, I mean, again, I've gone back and watched film and seen these things even early on when he was having good games, you know, against the Rams, you know, opened up struggling against Seahawks, but good against the Dolphins, good against the, against the Ravens. There was those crumbs that still kept, kept showing up, missing reads, missing throws, underthrowing people. And then in the second half of the season, it just got worse. So did Chris Ballard have a come to Jesus moment? This, he is who he is. I have to get off of it. I could see it from that point of view. I could see it. Hey, and we'll see what happens. I just don't see a way that downgrading just to make a move makes sense for a roster that's built the way this roster is. Because, I mean, even a slight downgrade, I just feel like you're probably not making the playoffs and you're still going to win eight to nine games. And that just that just seems like a silly thing to plan for this year. And again, if we trot out a Teddy Bridgewater type quarterback next year, I am going to uh, be sad. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we'll definitely be sad, guys. The next guy we're going to talk about, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Bleepin' Rodgers. Uh, apparently, a breakup, a calling off of his engagement is because his wife, his fiance, did not want to move to Indianapolis, Destin. 
Is that is that is that the smoke you're hearing? That that's <laughs> that's what his, I'm saying from a his couple actress, people on Twitter. I, I could see the actress uh, not wanting to come to Indiana. I can. That would make sense. Uh, I mean, I'll be pretty quick on Aaron Rodgers. If he has interest in coming to Indiana, if that is a realistic thing that can go down, the Colts should make it happen. Similar to what the Rams did last year. You just make it happen. You get Aaron Rodgers here. He's the kind of guy that wants to win bad enough. I bet he restructures that deal to still give you a cap space to maneuver around to be able to go get a weapon to add to Pittman, go get um, some extra pieces. Aaron Um, Rodgers restructuring. I don't think that's Aaron Rodgers. I think it would be Aaron Rodgers in the sense of if he's leaving Green Bay, it's because he wants to win right away. Mm-hmm. And to do that, most places that are going to be traded for, that's going to have to happen. Um, his current cap hits around like 48. Very few teams are going to trade for him and be able to make any other moves. So, And there's not a Rams team right now that I can think of that's just flat out no other hole in the roster. Um, that he can go walk into. I mean, he goes to Denver where everyone keeps talking about. He's playing Mahomes twice a year. He's playing Herbert twice a year. He's playing Carr twice a year. Yeah. I, I say that's far from a perfect situation, even if I like the team in Denver. Far from perfect. I mean, coming to Indianapolis, I mean, you're playing the AFC South, the Jaguars team that's still going to be young, the Texans team that's still going to be bad, a Titans team that was overrated this year. The AFC South is way more winnable than going and playing with the Broncos. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but this it all depends on if Aaron Rodgers has any interest coming to Indianapolis. If that's something he wants to do, and the only thing that has to happen is the Colts have to pull the trigger, I'll pull it for him. Right. Like, you, like that's something you just have to do. Yeah, I, I don't even care. Like you said, I don't care what the package is. Give it to them. And it, it, would it be hard? Without a first-round pick, could other teams like a Denver offer a first-round pick this year and you can't? All you can offer is a second? I mean, they'll just take the better offer at that point. And like you said, Denver, Nathaniel Hackett, the connection, why would he willingly want to go to Denver? Like you said, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, why? And again, like, it's it, it's going to be an Aaron Rodgers decision more than anything else. I understand yeah. that technically it's a trade, um, but no team is trading for Aaron Rodgers unless he is signing on to go play there. Aaron yes. Rodgers is going to pick his next team. It, yes. 100% is going to happen. It's, the situation is going to go down. He will pick where he's traded. The team will make sure they get a decent enough package to make that work, but Aaron Rodgers will, will decide who the Packers can negotiate with. It, it's just how that works. Right. I think – I honestly think he returns to Green Bay. Honestly, I I don't, you know, if we're just talking about where do we think he ends up, I think he ends up in Green Bay. I think his situation definitely needs to be figured out first before any other trades go on, in my opinion. Do you you agree? I think he's the first domino because he's the top name on everyone's board. Um, So, I mean, if Rodgers says he's staying, um, teams like the Broncos have to look elsewhere veteran-wise. if I had to bet, I think he also stays. Um, and if he does end up being traded, if I had to guess, it's not to Indy. I don't think it's Denver. I really don't. Um, I think there's still a sense that it would probably be an NFC team um, because, again, I just think these bet quarterbacks understand what the AFC is right now. And why would I want to have to play Josh Allen, Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin no Herbert way that- in the playoffs? 
Why would I, why would I want to do that? No way Green Bay would trade him in the in the conference though, no? But I mean again, if Aaron Rodgers tell cuz again, the way Aaron Rodgers worked that contract before the said uh going back to camp, he has a part in his contract that states if he asks to be traded, they have to trade him. There's no but but Aaron, if he says, "Yo, trade me," it's sayonara like he's traded like it has to happen does that mean trade him to trade him or trade him where he wants i mean is another team gonna sign on to give up a heck of a package if his agent's saying hey he doesn't really want to play for you Mm -hmm. i mean houston Houston can probably try. Well, then, of course, like you said, Aaron Rodgers would have to agree to that. So that's what I'm saying. Tennessee, Aaron, Tennessee. those teams that are calling to trade are also talking to the agent. So it's just a quick call talking to Aaron. Hey, Aaron, do you want to come play here? Is this something you would you would want to be in? We're not going to have a similar situation to uh, what Green Bay had where you're holding out of camp because you don't right. want to be here. And he's going to answer. Honestly, no, I don't want to come play there. If that happens, that team is not giving up multiple firsts and all yeah. this other stuff for a guy that's not locked into going there. <laughs> Aaron is going to choose where he goes. I think he'll end up staying as well. I think Green Bay is just going to be make the most sense, um, and then we'll just kind of see how these other dominoes fall. But right. if again, if Aaron Rodgers states that Indianapolis is the team he would like to go play for, if you're Chris Ballard, you make it happen. Yes. All right. And that is the Aaron Rodgers situation. The next guy we're going to talk about is everyone's favorite, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. Oh, man. Destin, Destin, Destin. Jimmy G, man. Jimmy G and Indy taking the number 10 from Desmond Patman. uh, Played in the Super Bowl. Won an NFC Championship game. Was just on Championship Sunday. He's pretty well accomplished, don't you say? Yeah. <laughs> Here, I mean, here's the thing. Jimmy G is not a terrible quarterback. I mean, I, I, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably uh, get the drift that I'm not a Jimmy G stand by any means. The most part that comes down to is it means Jimmy G is not a free agent. If this was as simple as dropping Carson, saving that $13 million, signing Jimmy G to the Colts, do I think he's a better quarterback option than wins with the weapons we have in place? I don't. But that would at least make sense to me. Like it's close enough to have a conversation that it, it makes sense. But we're not talking about signing a guy off the streets that is close. We're talking about a guy who I cannot 100% say is an upgrade over Carson Wentz, trading more picks for, who is going to end up getting a day two pick. He's going to. He just took his team to the NFC Championship. He's going to get a day two pick offered for him. Probably to like a Washington who sees their their division as very winnable because, I mean, the Cowboys are very beatable at all points because they're the Cowboys. Yeah. Washington, um, the Commanders. Oh, I guess we don't have to say Washington anymore. We can right the we can roll. Yeah, the Commanders. Um, I can see them making sense. I don't think Pittsburgh makes sense. I think Jimmy G is way too Hollywood for a Mike Tomlin right. type um, co- coach. I, I really do. I don't think that makes much sense. Um, if Denver gets very, very desperate, maybe 
they go that route again if they miss out on Rodgers and all these other things that has to happen because Denver is in a situation where they're in such a quarterback heavy division that they have to have somebody you can't right. trot Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Lo- and Derek Locke uh, Drew Locke out there and just expect to be competitive no matter how good your roster is you would have Jimmy G over Teddy Bridgewater though right a hundred thousand okay a hundred thousand percent. Okay. Like it's it's not even close. Like it's an upgrade for them. I just can't a hundred percent say that he's an upgrade here. And again, Denver has weapons that can help Jimmy G because the thing that helps him is that the Niners the last three years have led the league in yard after catch because mm-hmm. they get their guys the ball in open field and let them do the rest. That's the kind of quarterback Jimmy G is now. Is he better than Carson at taking the easy stuff the defense gives you? A hundred percent easy. But does it make sense to move more picks for a guy that's going to take away more big? You're not going to have as many big play opportunities. You don't have the amount of guys necessary to get anywhere comparable in the yard after catch realm that really helps him succeed. You have the run game that would help him. Is he is he as mobile as Carson Wentz? I don't know. It's probably close. I would probably go with Carson on that one. It's it's close. That's what I'm right. saying. Like, but am I willing to give up a day two pick and not pick until the fourth round, possibly in this draft, to have Jimmy G at quarterback just to get off Carson Wentz? I'm not. I'm I'm just not. <laughs> Whose contract is bigger than Carson Wentz, by the way? Uh so he, he, here's my thing on Jimmy. Um, I love him. I, I, I love him. I love the man he is. I love the leader that he is. The guys play for him. If he came to Indy, the guys will play for him. He will be a leader. I don't want to, you know, try and attack Carson too much, but I'd probably say Jimmy would be a better leader than Carson. And that's all the off the field stuff. That's all the non football stuff. When you talk about football, then you're probably not going to the playoffs. Uh, you're probably not, you know, doing much of anything of significance in the NFL. So, I mean, what I will say is marketing is going to have one hell of an easy job. Just put this man's face on everything. He's a beautiful looking man. Great, great looking man. Put him on calendars. Can you imagine the calendar sales? In in the Indianapolis Mall at bars, you know, posters, everything. Jimmy G night. Here we go. Jimmy G drafts. Jimmy G margaritas. That is a marketable face right there. But what it just falls short on is talent. We've seen Carson get hot, right? Have we ever seen Jimmy do that? I mean... Destin, you've made this point a couple of times in the chat. Where's one game where Jimmy G went out there and won and took command? And like I've said, I think I would rather have Jimmy G over Carson when it comes to taking the underneath stuff and just going with what the defense gives you. Okay. But when the defense takes away that underneath stuff and you're forced to throw past 15 yards, we saw what he was able to do in the NFC championship game, and it was lose in the fourth quarter. And what the defense gives you changes in that situation. So if they're giving Carson the underneath because he won't take it for Jimmy, and that's what he wants and that's what he needs, they're not. They're going to give him 
some deeper down the field sideline options. They're going to force him to be that. To me, it's very similar to kind of like how play um, defenses played Ryan Tannehill in the playoffs this year and opposite years for the, can Ryan Tannehill make the big throw down the sideline at times? Yes. But 90% of the time he has, he needs that center of the field to make the play. I don't know what it is about Ryan Tannehill, but you give him that sideline, and most of the time, it's just not going to work. He's going to overthrow. He's going to throw it out of bounds. It's just not his game. For Jimmy G, it's just if you don't give him a guy in space, not much is going to happen. It's not. Even if he goes through his progressions, he's just not a guy that I think is going to help in that category. And, again, he's not a free agent. I'm not trading picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. There is not a stat out there. There is not an angle of a throw out there. There is not a picture of his face that can change my mind on the conversation that I would not and I will not trade picks for Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. I don't know, man. I think I think you might be single if Jimmy G comes to town, man. He, he's going to be taking all the women, man. He's. I am happily married, and my wife does not watch football enough to know who Jimmy Garoppolo is, so I think I'll be safe. <laughs> right. All right, that guys. That is Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, as you're hearing so far, not too many great or realistic options right now, but how about we keep going, shall we? Next up is going to be Kirk Cousins, 34 years old, on a crazy contract, uh, but I think maybe some would, would consider him an upgrade over Carson Wentz. You know, he's balling out a little bit when you got Adam Thielen, when you got Justin Jefferson on your team, got the run game going a little bit, or not a little bit, a lot of bit. So, Kirk Cousins, Destin, start it off. Uh, it'll be pretty quick. I mean, Minnesota's new coach was kind of announced today, uh, um, the offensive coordinator from the Rams. Uh, so, he's taken over the job there. Pretty much openly said that Kirk's the guy this year. Um, he's excited to coach him, so Kirk won't be moved. Um, but do I think Kirk's an upgrade over Wentz? I do. I think Kirk Cousins is an underappreciated quarterback in the league. Um, he has weapons in Minnesota, so I understand that people are going to knock him for that. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy that really – I think he does a little bit of everything. He takes what people give him. He goes for the big play. Um, he's over-aggressive at times, but I'd rather my quarterback be over-aggressive than uber-conservative. I like Kirk Cousins, the quarterback. I do. But he's not going to be available this offseason. But I do think he's a guy that I would deem an upgrade over Carson if he was available. Yeah, going to be pretty quick, guys. Once again, like we keep saying, the options are just uh, they're teeter tottering. They're are they realistic? Are they any good? Whatever the case may be. Next up is going to be Derek Carr. All right. He is reportedly interested in seeking forty five million dollars annually. In his new extension, Destin, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. As soon as I read that, I, I marked his name off my list. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm going to be honest. I think Derek Carr is a stud. I think he's undervalued as well, and I think he's a stud. If he was available, I'd be all for going to get him. And the way quarterback contracts are working, I mean, I don't know if he'll get 45 um, but he's probably going to get high 30s, low 40s. I mean, that's probably going to be the realm he's getting just right. via how the quarterback market works. And, again, I think he's legit good. Like, I think he's a he really is. good he quarterback is. in the in, in NFL. He's just not seen that way. 
and he's in the same division as Mahomes and Herbert again. And let's say for some reason Aaron Rodgers decides to go play in there. Derek Carr is going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL and be the fourth best quarterback in his division, and that's a sad reality. Yeah. And like you said, he is a really good quarterback. When it comes to paying – I may have over-exaggerated a little bit, man. I mean, I wouldn't say I crossed him off, but paying that much while also giving up picks, it kind of like, okay, is this a is this equivalent to the Matthew Stafford? Is he as talented as Matthew Stafford? Last year, you knew Matthew Stafford was gone. You knew all rumors were running rampant. There aren't too many rumors about Derek Carr leaving. Is he even available? That's the question. Is he even available? And if he was, are you trading him within the conference? Because Las Vegas and Indy, as far as I can remember, I think have played each other the last six years. And they pretty, I'm pretty sure the Raiders ended up getting in the playoffs. So they ended up second in that division Mm -hmm. and the Colts finished second in theirs. So the Colts will play the Raiders again. They will next year. They will. They, I, I, as far as back for sure, since 2018, when Darius Leonard was a rookie, because that's the game where the punch uh, had its debut on, I think it was Denzel Washington, I want to say, uh, in that game. And, you know, the Colts were on a roll. They were trying to get back into the playoff uh, picture. They've played the Raiders every single year. They beat the Raiders in 2018. 2019, you lost to the Raiders. I think it was like on a last minute uh pick six by Jacoby Brissett 2020 you beat the Raiders you went to Allegiant Stadium Phillip Rivers beat him and then of course this last year you we all know what happened in week um 17 next year we're gonna play the Raiders so if we're a team that you're constantly seeing are you trying to give a really good quarterback to them I just don't see this one being realistic again because I I, I agree I think he I honestly think if we went tier-wise, I think Derek Carr is probably in the same tier that Matthew Stafford was when he was traded. Mm-hmm. In that tier conversation, I think Matthew Stafford's better than Derek Carr. Um, but I think if you've tiered it up, I think they'd fall in the same tier. So the price to trade for him is going to be very similar. The contract negotiation part would have to be, and I bet he gets a new contract if he was traded. And they just hired an offensive-minded head coach who basically said that he wants Derek Carr to be here. So – he's probably not going to be traded. Um, would I? In a heartbeat. Do I think it'll happen? No. Next up, oh, I mean, again on Derek Carr. Again, guys, what are all these options saying? There's not going to be too many options out there, all right? Next up is going to be Russell Wilson. Again, another guy that has reportedly said he wants to stay in Seattle. Why? I have no idea. What the hell is in Seattle? I don't know why um maybe he wants to go to california him and his hollywood wife wants to go to california but there's no openings 49ers traded up for trey lance the um the chargers have justin herbert the rams have matthew stafford not really too much uh moving going on there so but this is going to be russell wilson all right uh if he is made available this is a guy like dustin said you find a way to make it happen I think Russell Wilson is an immediate Super Bowl contender move. Uh, And I'm talking immediate. I just think he's that talented. He's a leader, a great face of the organization. He'll lead the organization the right way. I think when you talk about Ballard's 
process, checking all the boxes. Uh, is he a good interviewer? Is good personality, respectful, great man, all those things, great qualities. He checks all those boxes on the on the field. I think he checks all the boxes as well. He's flirted with the MVP conversation here and there. We are a separate conference team, so getting him is a good possibility. This is a guy I think is probably my number one choice this offseason. I think it's probably going to be everyone else's because I just don't see Aaron Rodgers being that realistic without a first-round pick this year. Uh, but Seattle, I think you could probably work around it. Russell Wilson, I think, is like my 1A uh, this offseason because he just does everything right. He'll, he'll elevate your offense, and he'll make the weapons around him better. Not saying that we should return Zach Pascal and Desmond Patton and Mike Strawn, but we should upgrade, of course, but he'll use them the right way. I mean, I agree. If, if he's available, you find a way. I think it's very similar. Um, Russ, what Russ has meant to the Seattle area, what he's meant to the Seahawks, I think he's the kind of guy that's going to get to choose where he goes as well. Um, and I'm pretty positive he has a no-trade clause, so he has to waive it wherever he goes. So he literally is choosing where he goes. Um, I also, if I had to bet, he probably stays. Pete Carroll ended up staying. Um, I don't think that Seattle team is good, so I think he's kind of wasting um, himself there, and I think it's going to be tough for them to improve all the areas they need to improve in. Also, when we talked about uh, Cheyenne Woodley, um, Aaron Rodgers' fiance, no longer. Um, Russell Wilson is married to Sierra. Um, she is not signing on to come to Indianapolis. Not happening. Um, I don't think it's all that realistic. We're in the AFC. That helps our case um, if he ends up going somewhere. Um but again, I just think he's going to get to choose where he goes. And I think one of these vets, if traded, like the Saints are going to be very high on their list because I think that team is very much quarterback away um, pending this Alvin Kamara situation. Oh, my Jesus. That, there's still no update about that, no, huh? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, we've seen pictures of the guy he beat up. <laughs> right. And it, lo- it looked like abuse. That sounds like – so that don't even sound like from what I saw – or from, of course, from what we all saw, that don't look like he's going to get a slap on the wrist and he'll be playing next year. I think it, he's going to be doing it something. Looked, it looked like assault and battery, but we haven't seen a video of what he did. Right. We haven't seen the situation. We haven't seen what the instigations were. Um, usually when something like that isn't talked about a lot for weeks afterwards, to me it usually ends up that the consequences are, short, are less than we think they're going to be. Um, so if I had to guess, he's probably out there next year. But would I put what do I feel confident enough about that? Like to put money on it? I do not. I agree. I agree. And I mean, guys, when you talk about the options, y'all, y'all are probably like, man, frick, we're stuck with Carson Wentz. Like that's probably what everyone's reaction so far into this show. But this next guy, and this is going to be the last, uh, I, in my opinion, who is going to be an available option. Uh, this year, Matt Ryan from Atlanta cross a uh, conference. You know, we're in separate conferences. I think it could work out. I have studied Matt Ryan a lot closer this year. Of course, his best season when he was 32 years old, led Atlanta to the Super Bowl, had Kyle Shanahan, Julio Jones was still in his prime. He still had all these guys with him. And I went back and watched how he played. I went back and watched how he played this year. 
I mentioned Russell Wilson was my 1A. Matt Ryan is my 1B. And the only reason, in my opinion, well, not my opinion, this is literally how I, how I look at it. If it wasn't for Matt Ryan's gigantic contract, I would have him as my 1A. The money makes me halt. So does that mean Aaron Rodgers is not on your list at all, or he's at two? Aaron Rod- I just don't have him on because I just don't see okay. it happening. I just don't see it happening. Okay. I think it would be – if he was, I think it would be Aaron Rodgers and then everybody else. So, uh, and like we said, he's going to be the first domino to fall. He's got to wait, or we've got to wait and see what is happening. Is he resigning? Is he extending? Is he committing? Or is he being traded? That's got to be the first one. But to Matt Ryan, I went back at his 2021 uh, tape, you know, watched a few games. I really liked what I saw. At 37 years old, he moves a lot better than I thought he would. I didn't watch Matt Ryan. I didn't. I don't think I watched one game of Matt Ryan this year. I went back and watched. He moves well in this system for Frank Reich. He's quick to the trigger. Great at processing, couple of mental errors, a couple of bad throws. Maybe gets a little bit over aggressive, some interceptions, of course, but he's still got some velocity, still got some accuracy. He's a leader. He's going to command the huddle. I think if you traded for him, and of course you put better weapons, hopefully. Do they include Calvin Ridley in this? Uh okay. Can, now we're we're probably gonna have, have them both. We're probably gonna have to include Quentin Nelson in that one now, or Darius Leonard in that one. I mean, Calvin but, Ridley. Calvin Ridley already wants out. Matt Ryan. Wants out, again, yeah. Matt Ryan again is somebody that is very very respected and has done a lot in the Atlanta community. Let alone what he means to the Falcons organization. So if they made the choice finally, maybe they like one of these 2022 quarterbacks and they draft one, for example, and they want to move on from Matt. I'd assume he'd play another year before they did it, um, just because I think all these quarterbacks need that year. Then being behind a guy like Matt Ryan would be beneficial. But I'm just saying, if they made him available, I would ask for both. They both are on the market. You need that receiver as well. I think Calvin Ridley would be the perfect guy to put next to Michael Pittman even. I would definitely try. Um, You you would not be able to tell me I didn't try. That's for sure. Would would I I get it done? Probably not. But I would dang sure try. But, again, it would just be about if Matt Ryan wants to play in Indy. That's what I think all these vets are. When vets are moved, they're picking where they go for the most part. Um, I think a guy that you could look at before we talk about the draft prospects of it, um, like a Jordan Love in Green Bay, if he could be had for like a day three pick, um, if Aaron Rodgers stays uh, maybe a couple picks in the day three area. I would 100% look at that route. I mean, that's at least a young guy you can look at and attempt to see what he has in your room and figure it out. I mean, a day three pick gamble on a guy like that, I think is yeah, worth it. Yeah, around five. I mean, yeah. Um, I just I just really like – I mean, I didn't – I'm going to be honest. I did not expect to see that from Matt Ryan at 37 years old. I didn't expect to see it. He moves so well. His feet – Like ice? Are, his feet – yes, Matty Ice, his – his feet are always moving in the pocket, and I compared it to Carson. He's standing there. He's like a deer in headlights. Matt Ryan has such a good feel for the pocket. He goes through all his progressions. He knows what's happening pre-snap. He gets out of bad plays. Honestly, I'm stuck between 1A and 1B between Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson. See, I don't know if I can get that on board 
Um, I like Matt Ryan. Um, I've always told people that he's going to be the kind of guy when he retires, when people just like Google Matt Ryan, like, Hey, what was Matt Ryan's stats in the end? Just out of curiosity, they're going to look him up and be shocked because he's going to be top 10 in almost everything. Um, because he's just been that steady and that involved and that consistent across his career, um, even has an MVP. Um, I don't know if I could say he's on the same tier as Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, if we're only going in plausible, him and Kirk Cousins would be very similar. I'd probably rather have Kirk because of the contract, but I think Matt Ryan is probably better. Um, but they're more comparable to me. Russell Wilson would definitely be over them for me. But, hey, that's me. Um, and I, I definitely wouldn't say it's a bad option. I think you can present to Atlanta swapping both of them because if I'm looking at both of their contracts, Matt Ryan has two years left, 2022 and 2023, and who knows, maybe he'll hang it up. Carson Wentz right now. Carson Wentz right now is kind of the same. You have 22 and 2020, uh, 2022 and 2023. Carson Wentz is younger. And from, 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 you know, I'll take it with a grain of salt. There's been some rumors out there that Carson Wentz is having a market. There is a market for him. Could we give a, someone a pick to take Carson Wentz who is younger and you can probably project highly or uh, project longer than Matt Ryan. I would present that. I really would. Carson Wentz, straight up. The money works out, and if I have to give a pick, okay, all right, I'm getting mad around. I'm getting the better quarterback. I don't mind giving up a better pick. Uh, when you say Calvin Ridley, yeah, I mean, if you throw in Cal- Calvin Ridley, I think because if you don't have your first-round pick this year, you'll probably have to add in one of your one of your leaders. I think you'll probably have to add in maybe one of the linebackers, maybe Kenny Moore, maybe Quentin Nelson. Someone would have to go, in my opinion. See, I just don't know because where the Falcons are, um, the thing that really muddies the water um, is the Falcons, when you look at their division this next year, there is a real argument you could make that depending on moves that are made this offseason, the Falcons could be the favorite to win their division by the end of this offseason. The Bucs don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. We'll see who gets up put under center. Um, the Bucs, almost their entire starting lineup is a free agent this offseason. Yep. The Saints, um, Taysom Hill um, is under center. <laughs> so we'll see what they who they feel yeah. in the quarterback spot. The Panthers kind of suck. And then there's the Falcons. If they can fix a few issues, I mean, they were pretty decent this year. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a real argument that can be made that they end up being the favorite in that division at the end of the offseason. And if you're them, even if you draft a quarterback, you're, you're going to see if Matt Ryan can get you to the playoffs one more time. Yep. So, I mean, I- it's just really hard to, like, think about it just because the Falcons haven't been the favorite in that area for a while. Yeah. But there's a very realistic – possibility at the end of this offseason we're looking at that division we're like yeah i'd put i'd put money on the falcons to win that division yeah definitely definitely and that's i mean it's just so hard because i feel like maybe some of it is just my urge to get off carson wentz uh but another is when i spent yesterday just watching three games like this dude moves really well he would fit like a glove 
with Frank Reich. I think Matt Ryan would be the guy Frank Reich hoped to get in Carson Wentz. That's how I would put it. And I think Matt Ryan, of course, if you add another weapon, Matt Ryan can lead you somewhere. He can. I think throw for throw. I think he can go with Justin Herbert. I think he can go with Derek Carr. I think he can go with maybe Josh Allen. I'm not going to, you know, say Patrick Mahomes or anything, or maybe even Joe Burrow. But I think he can get you somewhere. Whoa, 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 whoa. I disagree with a lot of the ones you just said, but you just said Josh Allen. Um, I feel like after the playoff that man had, uh, he he is in the Mahomes tier. Um, that is, where I won't he, argue that that is where he stays. I won't argue. Um, I won't argue. But, no argument from me. But I mean, I mean, moving on here to kind of the last quarterback option that could be under center this year, um, and it's that that would be a twenty twenty two draft pick. Honestly, I mean, this quarterback class is not one that I'm too excited about. I'll talk a little bit more about them as the offseason goes on. The only guy that I would say that I really would enjoy immediately if the pick was made, wouldn't have to talk myself into it much, is Matt Coral. Um, I think as the draft process goes on, though, his stock's going to re-rise up. Um, he has the arm. He's mobile enough. He has that that, that moxie, that – that personality you want at the quarterback position played high school ball with Michael Pittman. I, I love, I, he's my quarterback one. Um, I've seen some people have him as low as quarterback four on their board. And I think that's wild um, just because I think he has the most complete tape out of anybody going into this class. I think he has a high floor. I think he has a higher ceiling than most people think. If he ended up being the guy they took this year, I would not be upset at all. But I think his, his market's going to end up rising. I think they're going to end up having to trade up significantly to get him. And it just gets muddy of if you want to put that much eggs in that basket um, to say that he has to work out. And, hey, I think he will. I really do. It's just, it's just a very tough game to be playing. Other than that in this class, I mean, almost everyone else makes me nervous. Yeah. Everyone else. I mean, if a Carson Strong falls to you and his medicals are cleared out, I'd be semi-interested. Um, in that, um, if his medicals get the, get the get the go, that's that's going to be the big thing for him. I don't like the idea of trading up for a Malik Willis. I think it's just super freaking risky. He could work out, but man, his floor is the floor. Like it's that it's that low. Um, this class is not the one that I think you want to be taking risks on. Um, I think Matt Coral is a guy that could be the guy, um, but we'll see. Is it is it Matt Coral or Matt Corral? I'll be honest, I don't. I the like I've even heard announcers say it wrong. But I mean, as a Colts fans, uh, I mean, Okereke, Okariki, right? They all, they, like announcers are saying Okariki, and then we I, find yeah, out. Yeah, okay. I still say and then, Okariki, and then we and then we find out it's Okereke. Yeah. Um, I think we'll probably hear a little bit more as interviews go on. Um at the combine we'll probably get a better pronunciation i say coral um just because <laughs> that, that's just how it looks like to me uh yeah. but if he's drafted to the colts especially i will make sure to have his name correct <laughs> all right uh yeah guys I i'm gonna side with destin and actually we were actually talking about this yesterday i actually just started my draft uh scouting for, for this year uh i'm late on the quarterbacks because i didn't think we would need one but obviously, I've been very deep into the offseason, actual in NFL players right now. But yeah, Matt, Matt Corral is a guy, you know, I just ran a mock draft. He fell all the way to 35. 
the New York Jets pick before the New York Giants, and I traded up to get him at number from 47 to 35, which isn't that too big of a jump. But, you know, I threw in a, our second round, a fourth round pick in there, which is good. You know, it's not going to cost a lot to trade up into the second round. Um, and that's what I did. Everyone else, you know, me, Malik Willis, I really love the traits, but it's just very spotty when I see him against tougher competition in college. And I, and I'm big on that. I'm big on competition. I want to see who you're going against in college. And I think y'all remember that when Destin and I kept arguing back and forth about the quarterback last year. So um, other than that, guys, I really don't know if there is, if there's anything else to, uh, to do here. So other than that, guys, he is Destin Adams. I am Michael Pevia. This is the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. We thank everyone that has tuned in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. This was a uh, show I'm pretty sure everybody wanted to hear about. Everybody wants to hear about quarterbacks. You want to hear about where we're going, what, what's new and everything. Hopefully this was the episode uh, for you guys. All right. So remember, uh, Luka Doncic is the GOAT. Tyrese Halliburton is not better than him, never will be better than him. Uh, but things are looking up for both franchises. He is Destin Adams. I am Michael Pavia. This is the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. We'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.